Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewell.com and check it out. Launch now, talk about it now, and people will spend their money for Christmas and stuff, whatever on it, and they'll get it as the season begins in the spring because it's a pre-order and we actually have to manufacture it. And so um, as we recognize the seasonal ebb and flow of our industry, we started thinking, okay, what can we run as a pre-order? Welcome back. To pit stop. Joining me once again is Dave Ackerman. He's the guy behind everything at Tobacco Motorware, including all of the designs. Dave, did you ever think you'd become a fashion designer? You know what? Um, not to diverge too much into my backstory, but not really. Um, though <laughs> I, I, I mean, no. The answer is no. That that wasn't my intention. I moved to LA to be more in the film uh, industry and and I was a writer and I was a comedian and I I uh, saw myself as maybe an actor or a mm-hmm. director and none of and I often tell people like you know I moved to LA chasing a dream and wound up living someone else's dream and someone else moved to LA to do fashion and probably is an actor and or doing something <laughs> like that that's, and so, that's the pilot of our next sitcom dream swapping uh, yeah dream swapping dude that's not a bad idea but um anyway so i i didn't but as i look back um i kind of out of necessity developed my own fashion sense and that's changed over the years um but I kind of I, I can connect some dots. And um, my mom uh, was uh, did study. She didn't graduate college, but she studied fashion design at, at Utah State. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like it's not a well-known school, and, and especially for something like that. But back in the 70s, she can sew and she she liked doing that. And so she wound up studying that. And um, it was really gratifying. Like she came to LA and I took her around to the places where I make stuff and she met the people who, who help us make it. And she met the pattern designers and we went to where I buy denim and she met these people that all know me and stuff like that. And I kind of feel like it was, it was almost like a fantasy day for her. It was this really special moment, almost like if you played baseball and your dad helped you learn to play baseball and kind of inspired that. And then you made the New York Yankees or, or whatever team. And then he comes and he gets to go in the dugout and he gets to meet the team and, and, and you know, live vicariously through you. I think there's a little of that with, with my mom seeing what I'm doing. So I – it, but one day I woke up and and I'm like, holy cow, I guess my resume now says fashion designer. Like, um, but you know, it's all kind of inspired by what I grew up around and and what I, I like now. Um and uh, you know, it's it's workwear and that's what I, I saw and, and I attended Utah State as well. It's an agricultural college, and so things like uh jeans, things like you know, these hard wearing jackets. I love canvas. I love waxed canvas and, and denim and, and flannel and heavy stuff like that. 
um, that's kind of in my blood and, and you see that coming out and in tobacco a lot. Mm, it's the, the wax canvas and being in Utah, I'm up in Canada. We, we don't get to ride year round. I mean, there right. are some people a little bit, little, a little bit crazier than Crazy, myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's a very seasonal business. Yeah. So for, for other brands, whether it's say surf apparel or on the other side, maybe more ski snow apparel, what would you say if any of those merchants or operators are listening, how can you run a seasonal business successfully? Well, so um, I, I'm probably not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say we're not doing it successfully, but I think, um, I think you see in, in like surf brands, right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of surf and skate brands will then get into snow stuff like the snowboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, now motorcycling is a little more, you know, I think snow is definitely a season. And I think, um, you know, surf, probably a season. I'm not a surfer. Motorcycling, I feel like we get a long season where people start to get itchy for it in like March. Yeah, it's a a solid five months of riding and you can probably tack some little jaunts on either end. Right. And that's up north, right? And then as you go down and now you're in the U.S. and you get six months of riding and the southern U.S. really can get eight, nine months of riding and, and, and really Southern California, Arizona, those places have beautiful, almost year round riding. And, or if they don't ride year round, it's because it's too hot in the summer to maybe ride. So I feel like our season really goes, um, probably March to September. It's hot. And Mm -hmm. then, then October, was like pff, the worst. October was like almost worse than January and February because it just felt like people were riding and then they were off of it. Where like January and February, you start to get people who are like itching to go and they're, they're getting back. They haven't mm-hmm. ridden for a few months, so they start to like gear up and things like yeah, that. Yeah, they start treating themselves and planning for it. You get that one kind of warm, nice January day where yeah. – you kind of like how salty the roads are and you think, well, it wouldn't hurt to charge the battery up. Right, right. And so where like in October, it's just they put the bike away. They're done. They don't want to spend money now. And they're saving up for Christmas and all of that stuff. But the nice thing is November, like if we were a winter brand, you know, November and December, Black Friday and Christmas, those kind of events happen in your season. And then the rest of the year, it's like there's nothing for you. It's really hard to sell big puffy coats in Mm -hmm. in June. The nice thing is there are people who, even though they've put their bike away for Black Friday and Christmas, will still come back and buy something because they know their husband or their significant other or themselves really wants these jeans or they want this jacket, even if they're not going to use it for two or three months, that's what they want for Christmas, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so November and December weren't bad, but October was this goose egg and January and February weren't hot. So that's, that's kind of the lay of our season, right? We have these three months 
October, January, February that are like tight. And, and how do we, how do we get past that? So for, uh, if you listen to the other episodes I was on, I -hmm. talked about, uh, you know, there's kind of a theme here of pre-orders and, um, after launching our business on Kickstarter and then recognizing that there is this seasonal ebb and flow, we, and we actually launched, uh, in early November, that first Kickstarter, and it went through early January. So it was all during that time of year. And, and there, our rationale was launch now, talk about it now, and people will spend their money for Christmas and stuff, whatever on it. And they'll get it as the season begins in the spring because it's a pre-order and we actually have to manufacture it. And so um, as we recognized the seasonal ebb and flow of our industry, we started thinking, okay, what can we run as a pre-order in mm-hmm. October? What could, can we launch something as a pre-order in January and February? And so that's kind of how we've adjusted to those seasonal things is coming up with very specific um, types of of you might call them promotions, a pre-order while it is like, a, you know, it, it, it's helping you pay for the inventory as it comes in. It's also a kind of promotion, right? And mm-hmm. so we'll launch new products in uh, January, February, and October to help bring in revenue uh, in a month that normally you're not selling a lot of motorcycle stuff. So that's yeah. one kind of thing we've done. The other thing that I think is a great idea is um, we have our Christmas and Black Friday sales, but then in January we'll we'll gather all the returns and, and stuff that people, maybe, maybe samples that don't have our branding on it or, or mm-hmm. different things like um, you know, factory, uh, flawed stuff. And we'll run in January, we'll run what we call our garage sale. And so Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll go through all that stuff and say, this is a grade a, cause it's just, it doesn't have tags in it, or this is grade B. It was worn. It got a little dirty. We didn't want to put it back on the shelf, but it's, it's, totally functional or this is grade c where there's a factory flaw especially motorcycle stuff when you're riding on the highways all day it gets dirty quick so like it's you almost don't want it to come in too pristine because you you don't want to wear it it's like this bike that i got it's the the 1980 honda cx 500 yeah less than a thousand miles on it and it's in mint condition and i just baby it because i I don't ever want to ride it because like i don't even want to say the word and jinx it but if anything ever happened i i'm crying yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but and so that that's kind of how that's kind of how we approach that. So like pre-orders, we do the garage sale. And then a couple of years ago, we were like, what if okay, so we're gearing up towards Christmas. What can we launch in October that feels like season appropriate? And we launched our flannel line, our district distinctly crafted flannels. And it's a totally non-protective um, piece, you know, there's mm-hmm. normally our stuff has Kevlar and pockets for armor and all that, all that technology costs money. And yeah. we're like, well, well, it's more labor. It's, it's yeah. higher grade fabrics to, to use a more expensive 
fabric, layer it, make it look good. At, sew in pockets, it's more materials, more more labor. You're, exactly. It's harder to do. Exactly. But that's what people know from us. But they also mm. know we have a certain aesthetic and we, we pay attention to quality. And so we were like, well, what if we didn't do the protection? But what if we launched something that in this season is really good? And we said, okay, let's let's pick some flannels that we like. And let's um, let's design our own flannel. So I I designed these short collar button down matched seam flannels. So like I, it bugs me when on the sides and on on the pockets and stuff like that, it, it looks like it was cut and like the lines don't line up. So we we would go through the extra step to make sure they're lined up. We do yeah. cabayo stitching on the side, so it's really strong. Do 100% brushed cotton, so it's really soft and it doesn't get stinky and the fabric doesn't pill. You know, oh, interesting. And so, is that why some of the organic cottons? That, like, I just find I stink if I wear an orga- organic cotton shirt. I don't know about organic cotton. Um, that I know poly is what winds up stinking. So polyester, be anything that that wicks moisture away, is like basically what happens is your sweat gets into it. And mm-hmm. then the bacteria from your sweat locks in the polyester, and the and the the moisture goes away. And over time, poly is known for just getting pretty stinky. And so, but cotton is a natural fiber, and it it uh, it's breathable, and it it actually you know in my experience it like cotton just like denim you can have a flannel and even if you wear it on your skin if you hang it out it'll get less stinky um and and because cotton like wool has some natural oils that are antimicrobial and so Mm -hmm. the, the, the 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 uh, bacteria and stuff doesn't like to just stay on cotton the way it can just like i mean polyester is plastic and so it can just hang out on that plastic and just be locked in there and kind of get stinky but anyway um so we made these these flannels and they did really well and we did a bundle and so most people aren't buying one they're buying two or three or four and so that was that was a great boon to what normally is a really bummer of a month for us. And it helped us, you know, go into November and December kind of running because we, you know, October wasn't, wasn't bad. So, and then this year um, it was, it was slated to launch. I mean, obviously we launched our boots in October. Once again, a big product launch in one of these slow months. And then we just launched this, uh, non-protective, you know, work jacket, essentially this waxed canvas, um, uh, chore coat that's lined with quilted flannel so that it's insulated quilted flannel and it's just a warm weather jacket. And, and the pitch is, Hey, you like our style. Um, you know, you can wear it year round. This is, mm-hmm. you know, this is a great jacket for, uh, I call it for road and range. And so, um, you know, you can take it, you can wear it on a bike if you, if you want to, just the, the toughness of the wax canvas is going to provide you some protection. Uh, you know, it's kind of leathery that way, okay. but, um, really like if, if you're working and you want a jacket and you want it to be, you know, for me, I'm like, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if you're from an agricultural community, but I like the idea of like you have one jacket and if you're doing work, you're chopping wood or you're, 
you're doing something like that, you can throw that jacket on and then you can brush it off. And it's yeah. a cool jacket to go down to the pub or hang out with yeah. friends in and stuff like that. I mean, I, I'm in Toronto now, but I, I went to university in a very agricultural like town of 3,000 people. My, yeah. my dad, have you ever seen the show Letterkenny? Yeah, yeah. I was, so yeah. My friend who recommended, uh, who introduced me to you, we're from Letter, Letter, Letterkenny oh, countries. So, How are you now, yeah, Dave? Yeah. Like yeah. very, very, very agricultural, but it's that same look. Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not so bad. Good and you. So, so the movies you don't even say how are you now. You just say good and you as the yeah. greeting. You just skip yeah. and cut out a cut out a line. But yeah. we're we're talking about rural slang, which means I think we've run out of e-commerce topics. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the time to to wrap it up. So if you want some of the flannels, even if you don't ride, go check out tobaccomotowear.com. You'll see Dave in the 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 luge being towed behind a bike there on the the street. So make yep. sure you check them out if you have any sense of fashion at all, or if you're a cool guy like me and you ride a bike, definitely protect yourself before you wreck yourself. You got it, dude. Appreciate it. Check us out, tobaccomotorwear.com. Go follow us up on Instagram at Tobacco Motorwear Co. And yeah, we'll love to see you there. Yep. And we'll see you back in the garage. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today.